Welcome back, everyone, to another Eat Speed podcast, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. You know, Father's Day is coming up. We always used to talk about steaks for Father's Day, but on Sundays, now a lot of barbecue restaurants are open. It didn't used to be that way. We have one of the Texas top 50 pitmaster restaurant pitmasters here today. Uh, welcome, Dane Weaver of Dane's Craft Barbecue. Boy, I'm glad to have you here. How y'all doing? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Dane, you're out there. Are you? Is there a burger on the grill right now? Are you like in between burgers out there right now? <laughs> yeah, I had to take a I had to take a break and put one of my guys on the flat top and uh, and come in and, uh, and and get cleaned up for y'all to get uh, video ready. But yeah, we got burgers cooking right now, so they might be getting sold out about now, but. You know, a lot of people still haven't tried Danes, but those who have go over and over again. But what's interesting <laughs> about Danes is that you have hamburgers on Thursday and Friday. You have barbecue all four days you're open at lunch, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And you have some really good desserts. So uh, I'm going to confess to you, I, once I stopped in at Danes and just had dessert. And, and uh, I, you know, I think it was the, what was it? The bourbon banana pudding or something. I think I, I had to skip the, the, uh, I had to skip the bar, the brisket and go straight to the banana bourbon delight, so. <laughs> but it's, it's all worth the trip. Danes is in uh, what we used to call Westland community at 9840 Camp Bowie West. If you mm -hmm. went to JD's hamburgers, which is reopened, then Danes is re is across the street. And, uh, Dane, why don't you kind of explain to them, because it's it's kind of a hybrid truck and dining room, but why don't you kind of describe what people could expect? We're working on, uh, so yeah, out in Westland, we've got our food truck set up there, and basically you can come up, order outside, but we do have a dining room that you can sit inside that's air-conditioned for everybody. Um, but we're working on getting some better accommodations. Uh, we've kind of maxed out what we can do out of a food trailer, uh, so we've kind of tested how much you can do. And I think we've hit that limit. And so now we're looking for uh, building out a bigger space. So, Well, you're one of these Texas barbecue superstars who started with a truck and just keeps getting bigger and bigger and more famous. What's it like being on that skyrocket to the top? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's been awesome. I mean, it's kind of felt like it's dragging me along at times, you know, uh, we definitely started small and we've just kind of grassroots built it up over time. Um, we never had a ton of money. Um, I mean, really we our situation was one of a lot of struggle. I mean, we, we didn't have, we didn't start a business cause we had extra money. We, we started a business cause we wanted to get out of, you know, uh, our situation of not having as much money as we want. And we wanted to grow something for us and our family. And so that's been, a been an awesome journey you know just kind of slowly building everything up and gaining confidence in the next steps and yeah it's been five years in the making from when we first started selling barbecue here in fort worth and uh so we're we're looking to get uh take that next step here soon and kind of expand what we're doing a little bit so i think one of the other pitmasters said he started getting scared when he had to start hiring people and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, when he couldn't do it all yeah. himself but how many people do yeah, you have no, working for you now uh, we've got about seven people now, so I, I relate with that a whole lot because that's how it was for a long time where it was me and my wife, Ashley, and we could do the majority of everything. And then uh, our pitmaster, Thomas, was, has been with us for 
just about the whole time. And, and then we had one other employee and then that's all we needed for a while. For about a year, we did it with just four of us. So me and Ashley and two other people and then just volunteers that would help out. Um, so yeah, the more people you get, the more, uh, difficult it is to kind of manage, uh, the situation and just, yeah, sometimes managing people is a little difficult, you know? And it looked like Ashley was out there just, just like you all the time. It looked like she was out there uh, every day you were, and we, uh, we pitching in. Yeah, no, I mean she's she's really the driving force behind the entire thing. I mean I've I've talked about wanting a barbecue place for like two years, and I I think she just got sick of it, and she, she said, "Well, I don't want you to talk about it anymore. I'm buying you this smoker." She bought me this big old smoker without me knowing. Actually, I said. You know, this is a smoker we need if we're going to do what we're going to do. And she actually uh, took out a loan and put a down payment on the $6,000 smoker, uh, one that I would never buy for myself personally, right? Because I wouldn't put my family in a bind just to buy a $6,000 smoker. But she kind of put us on the spot and said, you know, hey, I, it's on the way and, and let's start doing this. And not only did she say, I'll support you, but she said, I'll be right there next to you and I'll do it with you. And uh, I think that's the key to our success is that uh, we've really worked as a team and as a unit. And uh, it's just, it's, it's huge that I had that support and had someone that believed in me like that, you know, Steve, you know, your barbecue, uh, you, what do you find interesting about Dave's? Um, well, I mean, he has some really good sides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's something that we focus on a whole lot. So five years ago when we started, that was one of the main pillars of what we wanted to do. We wanted to take the extra mile on the sides, right? So you'll see on our sides, we've got a lot of garnishing. So we don't just put some corn in a cup. Like we, we, we dress it up, you know, we, we make it really good. We, uh, so it, it, it's a big pain to kind of dress all these sides up and make them fancy, but uh, we take that extra step and uh, and I think we our customers really appreciate it. You know, so it kind of elevated that barbecue experience for people. Now that's one of the things people notice. You know, the original craft barbecue craze co- came with elevated, you know, homemade sides and you know, a, you know, better quality sides. And I think some of the new people have kind of let that linger or kind of let that drift off and they just put a good brisket out there and put out ordinary coleslaw and potato salad but you managed to keep up all the sides and uh the bourbon banana i, I want to go back to that dessert. No. <laughs> the, yeah, everything everything about the meal and not just the brisket's really good uh, now we talk about the texas trinity of brisket ribs and sausage but what are you proudest of that comes out of your pit well our, our brisket, I mean, our brisket's what we spend a lot of time cooking, our most time cooking, really. But our sausage is actually something that I consider what makes us more of a craft barbecue place is that we make our own sausage every single week. We make three different kinds every single week. So you can always get two of our standards, and then we have a specialty that rotates. And so um, this week, it's our cheesy bratwurst. Last week, it was our berry gouda. And then last week it was a the week before that it was a margarita pizza sausage. So it's a way that we can kind of introduce new dishes and and new fun stuff into our menu and and just get creative with that. So I think that and and it's a really long process. I don't think people realize, but it takes four days basically. You have to 
you have to cure and season your meat, then you got to cold smoke it the next day, and then you have to chill it and then re-smoke it the next day. And so it's kind of about a three or four day process to get that sausage just right. So, so I'm really proud that we've been able to keep that up and make sure that that comes out consistent and good every time. So it'd be a lot easier just to buy frozen sausage and throw it on the pit instead of spend four days on it, you know? Where did you eat barbecue growing up or what was your favorite restaurant before you went into the business? Uh, so my family is from Fort Worth. So my dad did make ribs and stuff growing up, but I was a military brat. So I lived overseas a lot of my childhood. Uh, so we didn't really have access to a lot of barbecue where I was at. Um, lived in England, Japan, Italy, California, Colorado. Um, so yeah, not a lot of those places are known for that. So my dad would make it at home. So mainly what I uh, ate was what my dad would make. But I do remember when I, I came, when I was 15 years old, I came and visited uh, Fort Worth. And I went to Shady Oaks over there on uh, Western Center in 35. Sure. And I, I hadn't been in America in years. And I remember I just walked down there and I walked in and I got a whole rack of ribs. I was like 15. I was like, I want a whole rack of ribs. And I just like ate, you know, I ate myself sick basically. So uh, Shady Oak, Shady Oak, which was upscale spring Creek concept of uh, cousin to yeah. spring Creek. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still enjoy that place every once in a while. You know, it's got a really nice vibe and just really nice. They're, they're, you can tell why they've been successful over there. So, you know, that brings up something I was going to mention about uh, Father's Day. You know, we have a lot of barbecue places on Sundays, but Shady Oak, I remember, had uh, table service. And, and, you know, still a lot of barbecue places are stand in line, wait in line. If you want to take yeah. that out and put all the family around a table and, and get waited on, the only places I could find that have table service are uh, John Bunnell's hamburger place over on Barry. He's got briskets and sausage there now, so... John's Grill near TCU, or the Woodshed, obviously. Tim loves, you know, kind of uh, world barbecue place, or the old Risky's chain. They all have table service, and I think those are the only three if you want to plant Dad at a table and, and uh, you know, have everybody bring him food. But, the, the, uh, but you know, you, you'll, your place, you'll have plenty of brisket, and, and uh, the lines on Sunday will, will be shaded, and you have a fan out there, and, you know, come wait in line. My advice if you're coming to Danes is to go, early you open at 11 and what's the line usually like well we actually started opening at 10 30 because the line would get so built up um so we do open at 10 30 now that's but we don't really advertise it too much we just let all the early birds come and, and kind of get cleaned out uh yeah if we open at 11 it just builds up too much and everybody has to wait too long so um so 10 30 i'd say yeah, if you get there early, yeah, you're getting what you want and getting out of there before the crowds get there. But usually about 1130 to 12 is when it gets it gets pretty busy. So, And you've got something else. You know, if Dad can't do this on Sunday, but you've got a good barbecue school coming up that might be a good gift for Dad. So talk about that. Yeah, so uh, this year we started doing uh, Brisket 101 class. Uh, we're partnering with Panther Island Brewing and hosting it there. So what comes with the class is uh, I, I bring my 500-gallon smoker up there, and we talk about uh, fire management. Uh, we go through trimming and seasoning briskets. 
Uh, we talk about when you need to wrap a brisket, uh, what kind of meat you should buy, uh, just kind of everything that you can open to any kind of questions that people have. And then we finish it off with a big barbecue feast where you get four different meats and three sides, and then you get three beers from the brewery there while you do it. It's about a four hour, it's a three hour class. And then it's an hour of, uh, kind of eating, drinking and, uh, being merry at the end. All this barbecue and beer. And how much is it? And what day is it? Uh, so the class is 175 and it's July 23rd. Uh, yeah. So 175, it's July 23rd. Um, yeah, we wanted to give some time, uh, for people to kind of, Settle you know, down, get the class, get the class filled up, and everything like that. So, um, so yeah, no, that that's a that's a fun one for us. It's been a it's been really cool transitioning from you know teaching my staff to like kind of publicly teaching and everything like that. And and I'm really learning that I really like going through all that because at, at heart I was just a big barbecue nerd. You know, just like how a lot of the people that come to my class they just you know, they kind of want to nerd out over every little detail that you can about a brisket. And that, that's what we've done. And so I think a lot of people appreciate my insight and things that I've figured out about it. So when should I wrap it? <laughs> when, when it gets about 180 degrees, I'll just say that. And that fat starts to get rendered and squishy. That's, that's when you know. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. But, but there's some misinformation out on the on the Internet. Some people did say to do it earlier. But mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I. There's a lot of different ways you can teach it, but in this class, I just teach you how I do it. So, I mean, you can have a class and say, here's all the different ways you can cook a brisket, but that doesn't really help anybody. So, so I say, you know, this is what I think you should do. So, uh, I try to try to make sure I'm clear with that. So, Steve, they're tired of looking at us. Show us those food pictures again. Put another brisket in the <laughs> Joe. Yeah. So one of the things, yeah, we do family style dining. So yeah. If, if someone were coming on Sunday, bringing their dad, they would probably get a platter like this, where uh, this platter actually is our, um, you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat platter. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a little bit of a Pink Floyd reference there. So that's what that's what we call it. And it comes with large sides of everything and then a pound of all the meats, but it comes with a pound and a half of brisket. Um, so a lot of times, you know, people will just, They'll just put one person in line and everybody goes, sits down and then, then they just drop that on the table and everybody digs in. So that's, that's kind of how we like to do it. Uh, I bet everybody's mighty happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. It does cause fights sometimes though. Cause if you get a platter and there's only four ribs and there's six people, then you got to kind of rock, paper, scissors it, you know, uh, that that's going to be their problem. Now we need to be clear about this. <laughs> this burger is really famous, really popular. Some people call it the best in town, but you can only get it Thursday and Friday at lunch. What's on this burger? So it's uh, two house round brisket patties uh, that we, so when we trim our briskets, we do get some uh, really good meat that comes off of it, but it makes a better burger than it would the brisket. So we, we grind it up, uh, we patty it up and we sear it on the flat top. Um, it gets a white American, yellow American cheese, red onion, and then a house-made burger sauce um, that we call the Lovin' Sauce because our pit master uh, developed it. It's, it's Thomas Lovin'. So um, it's just a really good, balanced, tangy uh, burger sauce that goes great with all that fatty meat. And then we just butter and toast that bun and try to put it 
cook it perfectly. I think the the key to why it's so popular is just our execution of uh, putting our best into every single burger. I mean, trying to cook it perfect every time is is our theory. And I think there's some places that just kind of develop it and put it out. And then the next thing you know, uh, the quality goes downhill. But I actually personally made the first 6,000 burgers that we sold. So just the uh, the the uh, bun sells it the perfect toast on that bun makes it yeah. look just like a beautiful burger that's called the OG burger right yeah that's our OG burger and when does Are that you stop got- today <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're, they're probably Friday sold out today burger? already okay but, okay that's right but we'll have them again tomorrow so head over there right for this <laughs> yeah the um and and now, are you going to add more burger, more days for burgers, or more days of service, or you know, yeah. when, I mean, at some future point, you'll settle in, and and you are you yeah. going to have more? So, there, yeah, this burger has caused such a craze that it, it's kind of opened my mind to maybe some other opportunities with that. And so, my plan is once we get our our barbecue restaurant in a brick and mortar and get that established, um, then that trailer that we have. We're going to redo it and make it into a burger making machine and then put it somewhere in Fort Worth. And then that'll be just only burgers. So that's, that's can, my plan. So I can see a little compound and call it like, you know, like <laughs> Dane World or something. You could have brisket <laughs> restaurant over here and then you can yeah. have a burger restaurant over here. Then you have another yeah. building for your school. You know, you need to have <laughs> yeah. the full, you need to have all the Dane facilities together. That, uh, yeah, yeah no, that's, that'd, that'd be convenient. So. Yeah, that's then, that's and, the dream. We're we're working on it. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll get there soon. But yeah, you, you can expect that uh, to see the trailer that we're serving barbecue in, selling burgers one day, maybe maybe in about a year, have it set up somewhere and and just be only pumping out burgers. So wow, what uh, just the the rise the the fame of bur- of barbecue places. What's the furthest anybody has come for your barbecue? Oh, I mean, England. We get people from England a lot. <laughs> Australia. Um, those are the main places. Australia, England, and Canada. I, I think the Texas barbecue thing is catching on real hard there. You know, because I mean, I, they're the most kind of Americanized, uh, you know, kind of cultures that we we associate with, I guess. And so they they really travel far and wide we had somebody from indiana today so he saw us on meat church so people from england australia and canada are coming to westland <laughs> yeah for sure that's just not not something i would have dreamed in, in my uh, in my lifetime steve you know there's a, a little bit of other restaurant news there's another barbecue place uh, opening the uh, the uh, uh, original hutchins is open he's calling it the original roy hutchins out in trophy club to separate it from the other Hutchins barbecue folks. This is another one of those family barbecue splits where like you had, you know, the Kreitzes that went off and had Schmitz and then Lockhart and and then the, the Blacks barbecue folks split. So, you know, apparently when one person in the family gets successful then everybody else in the family starts their own barbecue. So, but the original, <laughs> the original Hutchins is open out in Trophy Club. Uh, and then we have a couple of non-barbecue stories. We had, uh, the, the really fancy French restaurant. Well, not not fancy fancy, but kind of frilly. Uh, Le Margot is a, about to open probably in a couple of weeks at Hewlin and Bel Air. It's another restaurant from uh, Graham Elliott and Philippe Armenta. 
of, of uh, Press Cafe, Pacific Table, the Tavern. And this is a very frilly French, French restaurant with a lot of, uh, you know, high-end French bistro cooking. Uh, I, I just, I've gotten a peek inside and a peek at the menu, and it's really going to be something. If you've been looking for a new French restaurant or something that kind of takes what what uh, the French rest, the restaurants do and adds more of a, a, a more more a vitality, more excitement to it, then you'll really like that. It's Graham Elliott's first big venture here. Um, I'm excited the, for that. Yeah, and the uh, uh, let's see. The, of course, uh, Russell, you know Russell Kirkpatrick has left Riata, Steve, and he is right. going to. T- he's taken over Mercado Juarez, and so uh, the the uh, you know Marcus Pasley bought the Mercado Juarez restaurants because they're big and they're go- they're on good pieces of land, and it looked like a good place to have a restaurant. So he's going to keep Mercado Juarez like it is, and brought Russell over to run it. That's in the food news. And then just a little news, but it'll be probably the biggest deal of all over the next couple of weeks. Bojangles Fried Chicken in Euless will be open within about two weeks. It's out there off the airport freeway, and everybody who's from the South will be coming to Euless to find Bojangles Fried Chicken. So uh, all that's in the Eat Speed columns that you can read uh, Wednesdays and Fridays in print or usually earlier in the week online. At startelegram.com slash eatspeed. Steve, you know anything else going on? No, I think you covered everything there. You're, you're <laughs> always on top of all that stuff, bud. Oh, I, we try to have a little food news. What, uh, Dane, did I miss anything? Have you heard any inside gossip or anything else we need to know about? Oh, yeah, there's always gossip. I don't know if it's anything that needs to be said, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, just, um, no, I mean, I know. JD's is getting, I think they're getting close to reopening the inside over there across the street from us. You know, right. I, I, JD's is open. I know they've, yeah, well, they had that, that incident where uh, the roof flew off. And so I think they're getting back, back to uh, normal operating uh, procedures here soon. So, so we're excited for them, but it doesn't seem to slow them down over there. They, they've got that big patio and they're filling it up still. So. Gigi's done a great job. You know, she did have a little bump when when uh, the storm back in March blew the roof off a restaurant, and word got around that JD's had gone topless, and I think that that kind of got her really confused. But I, you know, she's open again and back in business, and and uh, of course she puts out all the social media and videos and lets everybody know what's going. The two of you have done a remarkable job of drawing people to Westland. Uh, Dave, let's tell the people again. You're at 9840 Camp Bowie West. You're on the north side of the street and uh you, so you're open 10 30 to run out or 10 30 to one or two on you know 2 30 yeah okay yeah 10 30 2 30 through thursday through sunday so. okay apologize for the uh, phone call but it's probably time to go steve let's let's go ahead and <laughs> wrap it up and we'll say you know until next time i'm bud kennedy and steve wilson thanks for having me guys